We have open hearts, open ears. Speak to us now, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Fantastic. I'm going to grab a seat. Great to see you guys um, this morning. I had a, a, a few of you who've come up to me today to say happy birthday. Um, it's, uh, so thank you for that. But you know, this morning, it might be my birthday, but I've got a little present for you. Um, and so I've got a, um, a couple of guys who are going to come and give me a, a hand. Um, and before you get too excited, it really is quite a little um, present. But if my helpers could come up, that would be, be great. And I'll grab bits for you. Thank you, Lydia. Great. Um, so you want to give one to Matt? Thank you. Um, they're going to bring these and, um, and pass them down the, the rows, and if you could give them a hand by taking um, one of the pieces out and passing along your row and then back the other way so they can um, pass them down, that would be fantastic. Um, as you can see, the, the bowls, as they come along your row, you'll see that in them um, you will find a piece from a jigsaw puzzle. Um, I don't know how many of you like jigsaw puzzles. Anybody like jigsaw puzzles? We've got a few hands going up. Okay, great. I, I grew up with my mum always having one on the go. Um, she had one of these big things out on the table. And um, after me, it's not something that I would normally do. But this week, um, Rosie and I have been trying to, to make a jigsaw puzzle. I've got a strange relationship with jigsaw puzzles. You know, on, on the one hand, I find them really boring. It, it's monotonous. You're doing the same thing again and again and again. You kind of think, you know, so what, what, what's the point? On the other hand, I find them really frustrating because as simple and as monotonous as it is, you scour this group of pieces 20 times searching for the right one and you still can't find it. And then when you think you've got it, it doesn't fit. And yet despite all of that, I find them strangely addictive. You know, as seemingly boring and frustrating as the experience can be, there's, there's this little burst of satisfaction, this little burst of, of joy, this little burst of fulfillment as, as you get that experience of finding the right piece and putting it in the right place. And that leaves you thinking, oh, I'll just do one more. Just do one more. Oh, that connects these two bits together. That finishes that little bit of the picture. I'll just do... One more. And then before you know it, it's midnight. <laughs> and Rosie and I are both saying to each other, we really should go to bed. While simultaneously, we're struggling to pry ourselves away from this seemingly boring, definitely frustrating, and yet somehow addictive jigsaw puzzle. Does anyone else have my kind of relationship with jigsaws, or is it just me? Yeah, one or two. <laughs> Um, hopefully most of you have got a, a piece now. Um, anybody not got a piece of a jigsaw puzzle? No? Good. Fantastic. So what I'd like you to, to do is just to take a moment and have a look at your piece. So pick it up, hold it out, have a look at it, examine it. And, um, and as you do, have a think about what the purpose of your particular piece might be. What kind of picture might it make. So just take um, 30 seconds and I'm going to get something set up here while you do. Have a look at your piece um, and think about that. Okay?
Okay. So, you've been having a look at your piece and trying to work out what kind of picture it might be. Let me give you a little bit of, of help, a few different pointers along the way. So, the piece that you've got in your hand is unique. You've all got different pieces. It's different from everyone else's. You know, the only similarity is that all of us have pieces that come from the same jigsaw puzzle. They're not all from different pieces. They all come together to form a picture. Um, and if you want to know what the purpose of your particular piece is uh, and what kind of picture it might make, you know, you could spend a really long time studying that little piece. You could gaze at it all day long and you'd be none the wiser. You could look at the colours, you could look at the shapes, you could even start comparing it to the person next to you and you get together along your whole row and start looking at your different pieces next to each other, but you're probably still going to be none the wiser. You're not going to get very far. You know, do you know what we all need to do if we're going to understand the purpose of our little piece? What we need to do is to understand the bigger picture that our piece was designed for. So here's what your piece was designed for. This is the puzzle that we've been working on. Um, And if you can stick it up on the screen for those who might be a bit further back, that would be great as well. Thank you. Starting to break. Is it going to stay up? No, it's not going to stay up. There we go, don't worry. It's up on the screen. So, Oh, there we go. That's all right. I, I think it's going to stay, miraculously. Not entirely sure how, but there we go. Um, <laughs> um, we've got it up there so you can see it, so that's grand. So, <clears throat> here's the picture that your piece was designed for. This is the puzzle that Rosie and I have been working on uh, this week that's been keeping up us up at night, that's been driving me crazy. Um, and um, you can see then, hopefully... With, the, with all of the gaps and all of the holes that are in the, the, the picture from the pieces that you guys have, but despite all of those gaps and holes, you can hopefully see that this is a picture of a garden. And in fact, the purpose of your piece is to play its part in making a great big picture of the Garden of Eden. You know, each piece is, is unique, each piece is different in shape and colour, but each piece has its part to play in the making up of the whole. And and as you can see, when we've got a few pieces that are missing, the whole picture's affected. It's not the kind of thing you'd want to hang on your wall, is it? And do you know what? It's the same with us. And our lives. When it comes to understanding what we were designed for and what our own purpose is. You know, the message that we can get from society is that what you should be aiming for, if you were going to be successful, and it is to be strong and independent, to be self-reliant, to need no one, to be free to do whatever you want to do, or to buy whatever you want to buy, or to go wherever you want to go. The message that we get from school when we're thinking about the future is, well, what do you want to do? What makes you happy? And that can then so easily form the basis of our decision making and our search for purpose and satisfaction and contentment for the rest of our lives. And you know, it's so important that we do know what our purpose is. But just as when we looked at the jigsaw piece, don't be tricked into thinking that you're going to find your life purpose just by looking at yourself. Just by asking yourself the question, what do I want? 
You could ask that yourself that question. You could study yourself and think about your gifts and your abilities and the different things that you enjoy. You could gaze into your soul forever and never fully realize why you were made. And what the purpose is that God has for you. What you need to do, just as with the jigsaw piece, is understand that there is a bigger picture. There is a plan that is bigger than you and a plan that is bigger than me. There is a purpose that is far bigger and sometimes we need to step back and understand the big picture before we can understand our particular part in it. So we're going to be looking together at a part of a letter that was written by the Apostle Paul to the Christians in Corinth where he's trying to talk to them about how, as followers of Jesus, they are each a little part of something much bigger. And how thinking of themselves simply as individuals doing their own thing was never going to be enough. And so Paul gives them this word picture which summed up, which is summed up in 1 Corinthians 12 verse 27, which should pop up here. He's talking to this group of people who followed Jesus in Corinth and he says, now you are the body of Christ. And let's just pause a, a moment and think about that. Because that's a strange thing to say. Let's put it in a little bit of context to say, you're my body. It's a little bit of a strange thing to say, isn't it? That's pretty much what he's saying. He's saying to to this group, you are the body of Christ. And some of us are used to that language, and so we just accept it. But imagine their reaction. Uh, No. No, we're not. Jesus had a body. He walked around on this earth. He was crucified. One of the greatest things that we celebrate is the fact that he was raised back bodily from the dead, and he's ascended to heaven. Pretty sure we're not his body. And Paul says, hang on, hang on, I know, I know this, is, this is new, but stick with me. You as a group, you who have, have put your faith in Jesus, you are now on this earth, the physical presence and representation of Jesus. You are the body of Christ. Who, me? No, no, no not you. You, you plural, you together are Jesus on this earth. And so Paul goes on saying, now you are the body of Christ and each one of you, if we move on, are are a part of it. You collectively are the hands and feet of Jesus on this earth. And individually, each one of you plays a role in that. And this has huge implications. Because so much of how we understand life is about me. On my own. And what I want. And what makes me happy. And, and yet, you know, when I became a Christian, I prayed in, individually, I prayed a prayer. And I've got my own relationship with Jesus. And I can read my Bible and pray anytime and spend time with God on my own anytime. And God meets with me and he guides me and he speaks to me and he helps me. And he's got particular things for me to do. But Paul wants us to understand that that's just a part of it. It's only a part of what God has for us. His purpose is much bigger than anything you can be or do on your own. You know, when you started to to follow Jesus, whether you realized it or not, you were connected to all of the other Christians, and, and together, together you 
of the body of Christ. Together, God's purpose is for you to be Jesus on this earth. And whether this is something new to you, or whether this is something you've heard a hundred times before, I want you to stop and to really try and think about this for a moment. Because it has the potential to completely change your perspective and your approach to life. You can actually be the presence of Jesus on this earth, but not on your own. Not by yourself. You know, remember what Jesus said. He said, wherever two or more are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Jesus says, I love you. You're precious. I gave my life for you, but my promise is, and my promise is that I'll always be with you. But do you know what? There's something special about a midst. There's something special about a gathering. When two or more gather, do you know what it's like? A body. And I love it. And I'm there. And I show up in the midst of you. Now that's the body of Christ and it's significant and it's powerful and it's something and something happens through the body that can't happen through an individual. And this is what Paul wants us to to get a hold of when he says you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. This is big stuff that Paul wants us to get hold of. Let's go back and have a look at how Paul unpacks this truth. So we kind of started with a conclusion. But let's just have a look at how he unpacks this. This is in verse 12. Where he says, Just as a body, though one, has many parts. But all its many parts form one body. So it is with Christ. If we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body. Whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. What Paul is saying is, when you became a Christian, when you started to follow Jesus, you became part of one big body. And when I gave my life to Jesus as a child, I didn't know any of you. But despite that, I was joined into the same body that you were in or that you have later joined. There is one universal, multicultural, global body And when you became a Christian, you were placed into that body. And this body together is the representation of Jesus on this earth. And Paul says it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile or a slave or a free. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, if you're in the in crowd or if you couldn't care less about being cool. All the different things that divide people and cause separations or cause people to look down on one another. All the things that you've, you've grown up with, the, all the divisions that you've grown up with and that you're surrounded with in society, they're all torn down when we're in Jesus. And then Paul really gets into the word picture as he says, and so the body is, is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, and again, we're familiar with this, so we kind of just accept it. But think about it for a second. You're, somebody's taken the time to write you a letter. And they start talking about your foot, having a conversation. This is pretty silly. And imagine for a moment, if your foot begins to have a conversation with the other parts of your body, what would your foot say? Maybe it would say... And I know I might not be the prettiest part of your body, but do you really have to walk around on me and pound me all day, every day? Cover me up with those stinky shoes and socks? 
You know, why, why can't I be like a hand? Yeah, yeah, why is it that whenever you meet somebody new, you stick your hand out to greet them? Why can't you greet, meet them with your foot sometime instead? I don't matter like the hand does. I may as well not even be part of the body. You know, the foot compares itself to, to the hand and starts to feel useless. And like it doesn't belong and it's got, it's got no worthwhile role to play. The foot says the hands are more important than me. They're so much more useful. They're, they're more popular. People are happy to touch them. I'm just a foot. So I'm not really part of the body like a hand is. And imagine if, if you could join in this conversation with your body parts and with your foot, what would you say to it? You'd probably rightly turn around and say, of course you're part of the body. You're a foot. Just because you're not a hand or an eye or an ear doesn't mean that you're not a part of the body. It just means that you're a different part of the body. You're no less part of the body, you've just got a different role to play. And that's pretty much what Paul says when he writes, now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand... I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. This is all pretty silly when we're thinking about body parts talking to each other, but how often can we find ourselves thinking similar things? You know, some of you may have have judged your value to the church based on your giftedness, or the time or money that you're able to give, or how sorted your life is. You've maybe judged your value to the church thinking, well, I can't speak well, I'm not a great singer, I'm not able to help out with a food bank, I don't have a lot I can give, so I don't really know if I've got any value. And maybe there's something in you that, that thinks, I don't really feel like I'm a part of the body, a part of this church, because I don't know what my function or my role or my purpose is. And Paul would say, hang on a second, When you became a follower of Jesus, you were connected into the body. You are in the body. And the fact that you don't know what your role is, and that you keep comparing yourself to other people and it makes you feel bad, none of that means that you are any less a part of the body. None of that means that for one second you stop being a part of the body. And then Paul goes on to say, not only does how you feel not change the fact that you're a part of the body, but actually you need to realise that the body only works. The body is only effective because of our differences. And so he goes on and he writes in verses 16 and 17. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? And again, just think about it for a second. If your whole body were an eye, if your whole body were just a brain and an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? You know, our our eyes are amazing, isn't it? Of of all the different parts of the body to, to, to pick out and to focus on. You know, the eye is one of the most sophisticated and complex parts of your body that does an incredible job. But if your whole body were an eye, it would be pretty odd, wouldn't it? It would be incomplete. It would be ugly. It would be pretty gross. And here's the thing. If everybody in the body was the same, and had the same role, and the same giftedness, 
if we all just decided that this is the most amazing gift you could have in church. So let's all be an I. Let's all be worship leaders or let's all be treasurers or whatever it is. What good would it do us? It wouldn't do us any good, would it? Why? Because you need a foot. Just as much as you need an eye. You need an ear just as much as you need a ligament. You need every part of the body for the body to be effective. And then I I love what Paul says next. And I think this is an incredibly powerful truth to get a hold of. If if there's nothing else you get a hold of from today, then get a hold of this one verse that Paul says. Because in the face of the questions and the doubts and the insecurities, in the face of the frustration that we sometimes feel in terms of where we're at, this is an amazing thing to hold on to. Paul says in verse 18, But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. This is an incredible statement. To know that you are not here by accident. God places you in the body just where he wants you to be. Somehow, and it is a complete mystery to me how he does it, but somehow God is placing and arranging and building his body the way he wants it built. To accomplish what he wants to accomplish for the purpose of together displaying Jesus on this earth. And and, you know, this truth means that you have an important role in the body. You have a significant role in the body. You are indispensable. And you have been placed where you are on purpose. And the fact that you might not understand how you fit doesn't change the fact that you fit. And the fact that you don't think you have a a significant role to play doesn't change the fact that you do have a significant role to play. And if you're wanting to discover what the unique role is that God has for you, then then just as with the jigsaw pieces, you won't find it by simply soul-searching and looking in on yourself and asking yourself what your gifts are. You will come to find your role and your purpose when you look at the big picture. And how you can work in tandem with the believers in the body around you to accomplish God's work in this world. And one of the greatest things that that you can, can do as you look to find your role is just to get involved. To get involved somehow in ministry and try a whole bunch of stuff like you're trying your piece in a whole bunch of different places and holes that you know are around there. Until finally you find your sweet spot. You find that one place where your puzzle piece fits. And you go, aha! Now I know what I was created to do. And you have that amazing moment of sense of satisfaction and fulfillment. Now having talked about people who struggle with being part of the body because they feel they're useless or they're not needed, Paul jumps to the, to the, kind of the opposite issue. And, it, and you know what? It's one that's easy to go unnoticed. And Paul says this in verse 21. That I cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. And, and again, try and imagine this conversation going on in your body that like Paul talks about. And imagine your body parts talking to each other and your eyes say to the hands, I don't need you. 
And the hands turn round and say, well, what about when you need to put your contacts in in the morning? When you need to put your glasses on? You know, it's crazy, isn't it? The eyes and the hands serve such different purposes. They both need each other. And we get that with our physical bodies. We get the fact that every part has its role to play, however small it is. But when it comes to how we're connected with others and how we need others, there can sometimes be this idea that, no, I don't. I don't need anyone. Because that's weak. And I'm not weak, I'm strong. I don't need anybody else. I can do it on my own. Or maybe you know you need a little help and see you say, well, it's just God and me versus the world. That's all I need. And Paul says, whoa, 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 whoa. One body, many parts. God put you in the body. And you are important and you are significant and you have a unique role to play in the body, but that role is in the body. You can't ever be all that you were made to be on your own. And the people that you think you don't need, they are the very people that God has placed around you on purpose. And then Paul goes on to say, on the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker, those parts of the body that you think you don't need, those parts are indispensable. You are indispensable. And when you become a Christian and God places you within a body, the people that he puts around you, whatever you might think of them, they are indispensable. You might feel like you're not much good and you don't have a lot to offer. Or you might feel like you can get by just fine on your own and you wonder what others have to offer. But either way, the truth is that you are connected to the body and you are indispensable. And they are indispensable. And God's big purpose is for you to play your part in representing Jesus on the earth. As you work in tandem with other believers. You know, this isn't just about what God wants to do through you and and the purpose that he wants to work through you. This is just about, about the purpose that God has for you. You know, Paul writes elsewhere in Ephesians 4 verse 16, From Christ the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. You know, the body that you are in, the church that you are in, the people that God has put around you are the means by which God is at work to grow you up and to build you up. So if you get out your little puzzle piece, And if you have a look at the puzzle that that Rosie and I have been trying to make, you'll quickly see the the holes and the gaps that leave it incomplete and that stop it from fulfilling its purpose. It's never going to be a beautiful picture. And if you look at the jigsaw piece in your hand, you'll very quickly know that your piece on its own can't change that. There'll still be lots of holes. But you know there is a specific place where your piece belongs. There is a specific role that your piece has to play in order to make this picture. And when all the pieces are joined together, that's when it will be complete. And it doesn't matter if your piece is a bit of a tree, or a bit of nondescript sky, or it's the eye of a monkey, 
Every single little piece is significant. Every single piece matters. You matter to God. You matter in this church. In this body as we seek to fulfill God's purpose of representing Jesus here in St. Hostel. You are of great value. And it doesn't matter that you look different from me. Or that I look different from you. Because actually that's the whole point. That's the way God wants it to be. You are of great value and have an indispensable role to play in this body. And it might be that as you sit here this morning you think, yep, and I know what that role is. And I'm loving doing it. It's fantastic. Or it might be that actually you're feeling increasingly like you're not sure what your role is. You're just busy. Or it may be that you've never known what your role is. Or never even thought about the fact that you might have a role. You know, wherever you are at in your thinking, I want to encourage you that for each and every person in this body, each and every person in this church is significant. And when you are not playing your role, we all miss out. The whole body misses out. We're not able to represent or to display Jesus to the extent that God intends us to. We're not able to grow and to be built up as a church or as individuals in the way that God intends for us. We look like this. And if you're not sure where your piece fits, then I want to encourage you to do what I did when I was making this puzzle. Look at the piece that you have. And what it's like. And then stop and look at the big picture. And how your piece relates to it. And then simply try out the different places where it might go until you have that aha moment. And discover the satisfaction of finding the place that your piece was made to go. So take time to to think about your own gifts and abilities. And what you enjoy doing. But don't leave it there. Then stop and look at the big picture. Look at the church, look at what opportunities there are, look at the gaps and the holes that need to be filled. And then simply get stuck in. And try out different things. Until you have that aha moment. And you realise exactly what you were made for. And why God chose to place you in this body. And it's when you find your, it's when you find your place, it's when you find your purpose that your faith will come alive in a new way. And you will know a sense of satisfaction and fulfillment. And you know, let me say that while as a body we're a work in progress, while as a body we've still got holes and we've still got gaps. You know, when we do all come together and we play our part, even with all of our imperfections, you know what? We can sometimes look stunning. We can sometimes represent Jesus and display something of the beauty of Jesus, both to one another and to the lost and broken world around us. And so to all of you who who play your part in this body, to all of you who play your part in light and life, whatever it is, I want to say thank you. You know, whether you serve in a team and your name is on a sheet somewhere and written down next to a job role, or whether you simply bring who you are to this community 
And you give of yourself by encouraging others in conversations or whatever it is. Whether you've been in this church for two weeks or two years or since it began. I want to say thank you. Because you are an indispensable part of this body. And without you there are gaps and there are holes in our picture as we look to represent Jesus on this earth. You know, I shared at the beginning that I've got a strange relationship with puzzles. I don't often have patience for them, but I also said my mum loves them. Um, And I can remember times growing up um, when she would have spent days or weeks making these giant thousand-plus-piece puzzles. Um, And then I would probably join her for the last kind of hundred, where it was starting to get exciting. (laughs) Only for us to find to our horror that there were some pieces missing. It's the most frustrating thing. And you know, I don't remember one time when my mum or me or someone else said, ah, it doesn't matter. We've got a nearly complete picture. You know, we didn't go to all the trouble of of building the puzzle, or at least my mum didn't, just to end up with a nearly complete picture. And so we would search high and low to find those missing pieces. And you know, I think that's a little bit what it's like with the the loving, persistent, searching grace of God. Now, some of you, even quite recently, were missing pieces. But God loved you too much to leave you lost. And so he came looking for you. And he rescued you, and he filled your life with his grace and his love. And for some of you, maybe today, you deep down, you know that in one way or another, you're a lost piece. And God wants you to know today that he has been searching for you. That he loves you too much to leave you lost. He wants you to know that he he made you. And he's got a place, a special place just for you. And he's made a way for you to be found. And for you to have a new start and to be washed clean and to be forgiven. For you to know love and peace and contentment and to find your purpose And it's all because of Jesus. And if that's you, then I want you to know that this puzzle piece that you've been given is an invitation. It's an invitation for you to become a part of God's family. And to find the place where you belong. And if you want to find out more about what that means, then I'd love you to come and have a chat to me or chat to someone you came along with today. And if you're someone here who knows Jesus, then this puzzle piece, I want you to take it as as a reminder to you. A reminder that God doesn't just search you out in order for you to be saved, in order for you to know salvation and know that you're found. He searches you out in order for you to discover your purpose. And you will only really find satisfaction and fulfillment as you discover your purpose within the body, connected to other believers. You are a significant, valued, indispensable part of this body. And the role that you have to play, no one else can. So take this puzzle piece home. Take it with you as a reminder that without you here, without you, our picture will never be complete. Take it home. And bring it back. Come, bring you, you, the peace. 
and play your part and be a part of this picture and allow God to begin to minister and work in your life for you to know that sense of fulfillment and purpose and satisfaction and that aha moment as you find your place in this family. Why don't we pray? Heavenly Father, we want to thank you. We want to thank you for the, for the truth of the fact that you love